0: Podcast 9.27. Unlike the spring game, this exists. Welcome to the Spring Game Podcast, which... Uh, about that. Crap. <laughs> we uh, we usually do a podcast talking about the events of the Spring Game, and the only event in this year's Spring Game was nothing. Yes, yeah, so, uh, some weather. <laughs> a very, a very uh, zen cone of a Spring Game. So we thought we would uh, increase our stable of hooligans and bring in Seth. Hi, guys. So uh, we would be able to fill this space with... Somewhat useful information. Yes, <laughs> as opposed to like
1: I've been focusing on basketball guys. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I've I've read the articles. I haven't. Oh yeah, uh, published anything and probably won't until October twenty twenty one. That's my plan. Yeah, no, it's it's uh... probably going to fall apart because I have to do a bunch of stuff. For one, I have to write the Hill the Victor stuff. But anyway, hey, Seth, how's it going? It's going good.
2: Hale of the Victor stuff does have to get written. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Well. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> luck. But I also haven't submitted <laughs> anything yet, so I can't my, say my anything. My article's not written either. Saps just got in this morning.
3: <laughs>
1: Final four runs. They do things.
2: Yeah.
4: At least
0: anyway. Football. So the uh, the spring, I guess we're just going to do the thing where we talk about it, each position group. So let's start with Quarterback. Uh, Shea Patterson uh, comes in and via the practice reports is, you know, basically what you would expect—a a really talented player, uh, a guy who has some inconsistency because he's in a new system,
1: um, and also re- may have had some inconsistency before that. Yeah, I mean, young quarterback. You look at him a on film, and you're
0: like, all right, this is a five-star pocket passer. Like, what does he look like? Does he look like John Elway? Does he look like Andrew Luck? Does he look like? ryan mallet and the answer is no he looks a lot like tate forcier but taller sort of (laughs) a little bit a little bit and you know i we've heard about his escapability, uh and given what we're looking at at the uh on the offensive line i think that's good escapability is a good thing good thing yeah um and hopefully by the time this podcast gets released we know whether he's eligible but probably not um (laughs) <laughs> Even if this podcast gets released in late August, <laughs> it is going to be
2: sixty degrees today. So spring comes, then we'll yeah. finally know, right?
0: It's true. That was the hope. That was yeah. It was like a groundhog day, except with eligibility.
2: It was a good answer. People kept on asking because it's been the one number one question all spring. When is she going to be eligible? Right. Yeah. And <laughs> if if
1: this it happens, it's, it's it's in the Michigan spring, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then you never know when that's going to happen. So we're good. And we, I mean, we haven't really heard much about
0: either of uh, McCaffrey or uh, Brandon Peters so far. Is yeah, that-
2: they've been the uh, the first half of spring. Everyone was saying that Peters and McCaffrey are about equal, which I took as Peters is not performing that well. And then the second half, it was Peters is definitely number two. The most interesting thing I heard about the quarterbacks was the um, Peters has been running with the ones the whole time. Uh, Patterson's been kind of running the twos because he doesn't know the whole playbook yet. Well, and also you've
1: got to prepare for the guy that you know is going to be eligible.
2: Yeah, and I think that um, Peters knows the offense, so the, the rest of the offense isn't like limited to what Patterson has studied so far. Sure, yeah. And uh, But that Peters has really kind of started performing well the
1: second half uh, of spring is a good sign for him, I guess. That uh, I haven't given up hope. Yep. I might I'll probably be the last person to give up hope if it reaches that point but I haven't. <laughs> you know so I I pulled like some
2: comps of like you know all these big 10 quarterbacks and you know Patterson was interesting because he has a huge sack he has Clayton Thorson's sack rate as a second year player which is like very very high. And he had a fairly high interception rate uh, equal to Tate Forcier as a freshman. Everything else was bonkers. His completion rating is like um Better than Andrew Luck's. His yards per attempt, including sacks, uh, is, like, freshman Andrew Luck. Like, the, the touchdown <clears> rate <throat> is super high. Well, he's, he's a, a very, sophomore, though. Yeah. Well, I, I
1: pulled all this stuff as true sophomores. Well, and Andrew Luck was a redshirt freshman. I right. Mean. So, it's all second-year yes, players. Player.
2: But his – I mean, those numbers are still – he's a very um, eventful quarterback.
0: Well, uh, Pro Football Focus does have him the third-best quarterback in last year's SEC. So, like – this SEC
1: quarterback quality. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but Big Ten quarterback quality. True, <laughs> true. very true. So, um, you know, for, yeah, we're, we're sending the <laughs> SEC our Purdue cast-offs. <laughs> Which is, I think, in favor of the Big Ten? I think so. Yeah, think? The, the other close
2: comp was Christian Hackenberg, unfortunately.
1: Well, Hackenberg had some serious uh, circumstances. Yes. Yeah.
2: All, our offens- that offensive line, man. Oh, right. <laughs> with yeah. a tire we'll, fire. We'll get to our offensive
1: line. <laughs> I mean, it's better than that. I thought. Babies. I
0: thought you were uh, implying some Manziel stuff, and I was like, oh, I don't think that's appropriate. But you know, you. No, were. I'm just no. Assuming things that are bad.
2: Well, no. and anyway, and then Peters. When I did his comps, uh, it is like straight up uh, Lewerke. So, like last year was his was like Lewerke's year before. You know. <laughs> you know what
0: I hate about Brian Lewerke. So whenever someone says his name, I think I like the way Lewerke, no diggity. Yep. yep. Great song. Yeah, but it's also like that's... He's ruining it. My, my <laughs> brain is, is malfunctioning in a way yes. that makes it very unpleasant. <laughs> Where all of a
1: sudden Black Street is popping into your head yeah. instead of football analysis.
0: Anyway, that's what I hate about Brian <laughs> Lewerke.
2: How are we doing over there, Seth?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hopefully Peter's doesn't ring up any bad songs for you, too. Well, um... Uh,
0: I don't think there's any songs called "No Peters" because that would be really sad.
3: <laughs>
1: anyway. Thanks for that, Brian. <laughs>
5: well, what
1: <laughs> we should mention, Joe Milton. Joe Milton is yes. getting hype. He um, is getting hype, and obviously, it's not going to like actually come to fruition for probably multiple years here. But he apparently um, is ahead of where they expected him to be. We saw
2: right? the tape. We saw the arm. Yeah. And I think everybody especially they had that spring instead of spring practice they had like all the families come for Saturday yeah. so we had a bunch of more takes which were like brothers and parents like coming in and seeing these things yeah.
1: and I'm sure they saw his arm because that was the I mean the tenor my, my, my of worry is like I mean I saw Shane Morris in high school, and it was very easy to get absolutely blown away by the arm strength and ignore some of the other red flags. I don't think because the
2: coaches are talking about it, too. That's
1: true. Um, That that is comforting.
0: And uh, Shane Morris was a decent athlete. Joe Milton has replaced Taco Charlton as like the first guy you want coming off the bus. That's true. He he's and a guy he who should does be not look school.
1: like he should be going to prom this week.
0: He's like 6'5", six, 6'6" six, six, <laughs> and he's just strolling around like, "Hello, I'm Thor." So, uh he's got more upside than than Shane yeah, He should be did. in high school right now. And also, you know, I keep bringing this up, he was not in a financial position to hire Steve Clarkson. Yes. You know, he's a guy who is going to develop a lot quicker than a lot of the quarterbacks you see
1: these days because he um, has been working on mechanics since he right. was a 14 year old.
0: And uh, also he, you know, he's a guy who um, I think the coaching
1: staff really sought out. Um, and I, they seem to love his personality with the way that they kind of approach that recruitment. And I
0: think they, they liked him more as the season went along. Cause so, you know, Kevin Doyle signs up, uh, Early in the year, because I think they're a little bit wobbly about Milton, because he's he's a, he's a boomer bust kind of guy. Yeah,
4: <clears throat> and then and he by was the,
1: somebody who you expect to have another quarterback in the class with him, just right. To and then kind of by the end of the year, out. they were like,
0: "Hey, Kevin, do you want to prep maybe or not come to Michigan?" And he took it in. Yeah, he was like, "All right, well, uh, peace out." And yeah. I think that has a lot to do with what Milton did as a senior. Um, <clears throat> his stats are so bad, though. Uh, his stats are so bad.
1: His high school stats are uh, just atrocious. Yeah. But high school stats are notoriously finicky. Yeah. It's things to parse through. Because, I mean, depending he, on, like, you could have, especially with a guy who throws as hard as Milton, he might have had receivers who just straight up were not capable of catching balls thrown that hard. You know, I think that's, that's maybe part of it. I also think also, that. Also,
2: Alex Mulzone is one of the most prolific quarterbacks in the state of
1: Michigan history. Yeah,
0: I just remember Robbie Shanehoff. No, I mean no. anybody no, I don't but I remember <laughs> Shane, Shane
1: Morris's high school stats were a red flag. Uh,
0: so this was like back in the the dark ages of recruiting when um only dinosaurs like me remo- re- remember it but Robbie Shanehoft was a Ohio-, Ohio quarterback who had offers from Ohio State and Michigan and completed like 39% of his passes. What? <laughs> and he was the subject of a heated Ohio State Michigan a recruiting battle that Ohio State won, and then he just evaporated. Nobody and and it turns him. out Michigan really won. Right. And yeah. uh, you know, you look at Joe Milton's stats, and they're not Robbie Shanehoff bad, but they're all kind of like. Eh. They're in the Shane Morris area. Yeah, and they don't improve. Like, he's, he was a starter for three years, and they're all, they just kind of seem, seem stuck in the same place. So that's kind of, I, I have a little bit of hesitation jumping on board the Joe Milton bandwagon. But. He is um, showing a lot of promise early, at least. Yeah, and with you know Patterson arriving and uh, a reported focus on running more RPOs, that's They're, probably a pretty good fit for him. Yeah, uh, also a pretty good fit for Patterson. So I think if Michigan adapts their offense to take a better advantage of what Patterson brings, you know that's really up Milton's alley. So. Yeah.
1: Also, McCaffrey's too. I would say I think that, that's <coughs> a good thing for both.
0: Well, I mean, all of the quarterbacks are pretty athletic. Yeah. Yeah. Peter's yeah even even Peter has some,
1: some mobility.
0: But I think I think Milton is probably he has the edge there. We'll just it,
1: when he, you look at him get off the bus. It's certainly the dude you think is going right. Yeah. Take advantage it's, it's of good our It's good RPOs. that they can
2: redshirt him. It's good that he's not walking into like a situation where like they're expecting him to play. Oh yeah. I mean, if you well, saw they, the field this year, it would <coughs>
1: be uh, a situation. Right.
0: I mean. There, there have been some people talking about how Patterson would like to be one and done here, uh, and given the fact that you know he went to Old Miss at all, you got to imagine he, his eyes on making you gotta, money. You got to give that a lot of credence, yeah. right? Like so,
2: if he has the kind of season where he can go to the NFL, I'm fine with that. Yeah,
1: that's that's <laughs> cool by me. <laughs> that works out <laughs> fantastic. All
0: right, uh, running back, uh, whatever. Yeah, like, I mean it's gonna Egden, be this- Egdens, Evans, and then either Samuels or Walker. I mean Samuel's is a guy who's been getting some hype as a returner and I think that'll be It makes sense. He's very fast. I loved his high school film so uh, hopefully that starts translating but like there wasn't going to be any information
1: except about like Joe Hewlett in the spring. Game. Yeah, I mean even if they played a certain game I assume yeah. they would have had They were talking about True Wilson. On ice. Wilson. Like, like I, I, the I the do love spring. I love True <laughs> uh, Yeah,
0: True Wilson probably <laughs> not looking at the step chart and thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get 100 carries."
2: So. Yeah, no, well, that, it was the question, like, who's number three? Yeah, just in the well, Rutgers game,
1: though. Possibly. <laughs> Fullback, uh, it's... I mean, Ben Mason was hurt. Van Sumer is not on campus yet. Right. It's,
2: Can I go over the Ben Mason metaphors we heard this spring?
1: No.
0: <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> we have to get through this. Tight end. Uh, Wheatley's <laughs> out, so you don't get any information on Wheatley. And then it's a, it's a situation a lot like running back where, you know, I think that you're expecting Gentry... You're expecting McCune, you're expecting uh, Eubanks to take a step forward, and that's what we've heard. Yeah, we and nothing... Eubanks has
1: apparently put on a decent amount of size, too, which is promising. Well,
0: he put on a, a decent amount of size before last season. So yeah, he's and then got So continuing to, to move up there. I mean, Michigan will have four or five guys, um, and they're definitely going to redshirt both guys in the 2018 class.
1: So. Yeah, you'd think, unless Muhammad's just outrageously talented, but he's pretty thin. Yeah, so. yeah
0: but he's like one of those guys who's like a – jumbo wide receiver so yeah I, and they're good
1: at wide receiver too
0: as speaking we'll to, of jumbo so.
2: wide receivers as they've been talking about using gentry a lot more like practice observers re- are saying like oh he's split out wide Oh, he's running option routes like they're Which doing is exactly what they should be doing but yeah they're yeah, doing I the mean, butt
0: things just well just put do, the end up seams <laughs> don't, do, don't do the butt things do the gesicki things yeah 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 like, just throw it up to him. like butt but is is uh is definitely a, a excellent receiving tight end but Gentry's size is on another level. His athleticism is on another level. His blocking is uh, better than Mike Gesicki's. <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Gentry did surprise last year with like, at least a level of competence there that we were not he expecting. He was solid, yeah. He could get in somebody's way and stay in their way. He, was, he wouldn't knock them over. But he was better than Brady Hoke's yeah. blocking tight ends for the most part. Yes. That, that is a low <laughs> bar, but we're going to give it to him.
2: Uh, I I was kind of more speaking of his intelligence that like they're using him in op- on, uh, option routes. Which that's yeah, I mean that's something like where players. like you well, got to
1: make those reads on the fly. But he's he's entering his upperclassman year, so it's, yeah, it's about like, time to start picking that's, that up. That stick route is
0: an option route. So depending on, so we don't get to see it at all. So depending, we have to like delineate our philosophy of practice reports, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> where it's like we don't know how reliable any of these are. We don't really know like what people are looking at during practices, what's going on with the playbook, what What they're being told
1: to say and what not to say. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's just a, it's a minefield. Um, Always. And actually getting to look at it usually helps a lot, and we didn't get to do that this year. But um, I, I expect Gentry to have a, have a year.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like him as kind of the <laughs> offense's sort of breakout weapon.
0: At wide receiver, you have the... Uh, Last year's freshman class is not freshman yeah. anymore? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 what it is, and you get... 2017
2: burned. is, like, thoroughly past 2016, essentially. Yeah, I, I, I,
0: and I don't think anybody's upset about that. I haven't heard, like, word one about Crawford. Except that he changed jersey spring. numbers changed. to something that looks way less receivery. <laughs> He's 41 now, which is, like, well, you know... I mean, it's you're not wearing that the Braylon numbers, so
1: that, <laughs> that's good.
0: It's probably...
2: For the best,
1: yeah,
0: but uh, lower those expectations. Like, yeah, I mean, he didn't even flip to like eighty-seven or something. He yeah. flipped to forty-one.
2: Well, eighty-seven is not that you can't wear that jersey here.
1: Oh, that's right. Well, but he could have flipped to something in the eighties, right? Yeah. Right,
2: or ninety-two,
1: or a number single, another single-digit number, or right. something besides. Like, you're a fullback or a linebacker, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> right. like that—that's a real old-school receiver number. And then McDoom, I also kind of radio silent.
0: I, I still think there's a role for him on this team because he is really dynamic in space. Just stop throwing him freaking
1: fades. Yeah, <laughs> please.
2: The, the one McDoom mentioned we got all spring was that he caught like a really great pass from Milton that uh, where like Milton led him into open space.
1: Please
0: which... tell me it wasn't a go route, though.
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't, I
0: don't want to know
2: it was a go route. <laughs> would, was it was... a
0: slant? Please tell me it was a slant.
2: I have we have no intel on that, Brian. But I'll, but I focus I on the fact saying. that if it was if it was Milton throwing it to him, then that means there was the four string quarterback who was throwing it to him, which means the four string offense was out there. Yeah, and also
1: uh, um, I, I mean they they switched through guys enough they, that they it's not necessarily so
2: much that I w- I would assume that he's probably not on the
1: first team. And if it's and if it's just them running, I mean it depends whether that was drills or a scrimmage yeah. situation too. Well, but the, probably the, the, the point of concern with McDoom for me is that Grant Perry was not a participant and. McDoom is still not getting much mention and it's like you know when Grant Perry comes back It's true. Yeah where does McDoom fall so on that this? Guys are on like guys like Shanley and Jeff
2: Martin right now.
1: Cuz yeah we're we're Gentry. I assume Gentry. Yeah cuz you go between like Gentry is who's going to probably line up as a receiver a lot and then I think we're all big fans of Oliver Martin around here and pretty yeah. excited to see what he can do and Russia he has odd. started getting some uh some spring practice. But
0: the, I, co- coaches are saying the right things about Black. They're saying the right things about Peoples Jones. Yes. Uh, Nico Collins has gotten some mention. Some mention, not like a ton. It
1: sounds like he's behind those other guys pretty clearly.
0: Yeah, and I feel like if you're going to put Nico Collins out on the field this year, you might as well put Gentry out there. Exactly. Yeah. Like you already have this guy who's established at a higher level of performance than uh, Collins is established, and he's also a tight end, so you can. Play some more games with him, so yeah. Or you of, banks? Yeah, I mean, Michigan has a couple of flex tight ends,
1: and then they have a quasi flex tight end wide receiver. So, what but does Collins work? does have that talent where he might just break through anyway. Yeah, I mean, we'll I, see. I, there's I, a, there's so much talent among the, res, the receiving core that I mean. We learned last year in a very hard way that freshman receivers do suck for a reason. I mean, uh, they're I've not been, freshmen anymore. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> but we still then overestimated what we could, what kind of production we were getting well, out so, of those I guys. so you get, you get. There was also the quarterback situation and the right tackle situation. Well, and also, Tariq Black goes out for
0: a year after two games where he looks pretty good. Yes, that. that so you get your certain number of bullets, and Black through practice is your number one guy, and then he goes out. Well, it's. Maybe you did have your successful freshman wide receiver, but he just didn't get to play. Yeah,
2: he was hurt. Yeah, there <sighs> there were actually a lot of uh injuries in the cornerbacks this uh this spring too, so I don't know how many of these wonderful moments for the receivers are coming against like walk ons and
1: There have been a lot of walk on defensive backs brought up, but yeah, that's Josh a different segment. was
2: playing cornerback for a little bit this this the summer this spring 'cause
0: Well, Hill's been out for the whole spring, I think. Uh, and Saint Juice. Saint-Juice Saint Juice has been out. Um David Long, David Long never a a stays healthy no. consistently <laughs> through practice. You know,
1: miss a week—that's not. A huge it's not the deal, worst I'm thing, like. but it has been a consistent thing with him.
0: Um, but then the last thing on offense—the one that we've been mm-hmm. trying to avoid we talking about—the off? offensive line. And there's all these articles about how, like, the offensive line is like we're upset because people accurately described our performance from last year. I'm like, well, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, everybody else saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think the promising spring item is that Juan Bushel Beattie is at least getting what? pushed. No, okay, okay. It was that, <laughs> the promising spring yeah. item was not that he was holding a starting job. It at was that he was tackle. getting possibly pushed out of that starting job. At left job. tackle. I mean, I, I really think they moved him there just so he could be a placeholder until Hudson broke through. Uh, I... He, yeah. I don't know, man. They because otherwise, cause, him... cause I, I can't imagine that this coaching staff saw last year and was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to move that guy to left tackle. I think he's their best option right now.
0: I, I think that's true. The, the end... I mean, I think they're really hoping
1: that James Hudson improves a lot. The end of spring, <laughs> they said
2: Hudson had pulled even with him.
1: Yeah. So... That's hopefully not a, a hopeful quote. Well, <laughs> if he's even, he's leaving, man. <sighs> Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if, if Hudson's – if it's even close, they should be starting Hudson from day one and just letting him learn on the job at that point. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't really believe a lot of – they had a lot of hype and for
0: they're, JBB. And like, Runyon ring. is, like, talking the right tackle. I, am,
1: like, That's the part I think that worries me more is that Runyon seems to be locked in four. at right tackle. Yeah. Give or
2: take an inch.
1: Not. That was, that was a guy we kind of thought was going to end up at center. Yeah,
2: Yeah, if they got a lot of tight ends lined up on that side, I guess he can kind of you know fend off some. So your idea is
0: give help. The tackles are surrounded by four tight ends (laughs) each.
2: Harbaugh likes this idea too. So it's like,
1: so instead of a five man, we're front, starting to get to the Stanford photos. Yeah, you, you, you have a nine First of all, man. we're talking about
2: six offensive linemen on the
1: field. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, one of these guys is Steven Spinellis, First of all, <laughs> all right. So, but we
0: have nine guys, and, and one of the
2: tight ends is Tyrone Wheatley, who's and then you six get, seven. Then you
0: get a quarterback, and then you can you can throw it to the one guy you have left over. Yeah,
2: nobody else is in
0: the backfield.
1: Okay, well, it's worth a try. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> If Gentry's the guy split out, then it could work. Ma- yeah. Super Max protect just lob. <laughs> Yell five hundred as you put it up there.
0: Don't you think eventually they'll just put like all of the people they have on Gentry? That's when you can slip a guy out. <laughs> they just have
1: like four defenders standing over him. Um, yeah, and then you naked bootleg yeah. Shea Patterson. And yeah, we, we got a system here, guys. We uh, we got to afford this to. Al Borges. Hall. <laughs> hey, Al, we, we
0: came up with something.
1: Yeah, the, you're going to love it. This is more likely to end up at San Jose State than Michigan. <laughs> it's
0: really you. <laughs> uh,
1: Try to make as many of them ineligible as possible. Uh, oh
0: Boy, I'm glad that like, Al Borges that? isn't a name searcher. Like, if he's Don <laughs> Dockage. Oh, God. <laughs> He'd have showed up to all of our houses by now. (laughs) Thank you for that, Al. Not that you're listening. Please, please God. Um, On the interior line, Ruiz is on a stardom track, and I think that's going to be fine. Yes. Um, You have Bredesen, who was terrible in pass protection last year and hasn't been moved out to tackle at all. Um, He should improve. Yeah, yeah.
1: upperclassman guard now. He's getting the senior,
2: like you know, he's a leader. He's the guy. He's you know, he gets mentioned with Ruiz as like the guys who were
1: locked in at the beginning of the spring. Yeah. So yeah, those are the two guys because Onwenu has apparently not quite locked out Spinellis yet.
0: No, I li- and I like Spinellis. I like what we saw from him as a
1: six o l year ago. Yeah, I um, just love Mike Onwenu's potential to the point that I would prefer seeing grapes of wrath out there. Yeah, but I like but, Sp- and, yeah. and also I like Spinellis as a. Six offensive you no know, onwayu
0: lost his job last year to Ruiz that was a little uh, weird wasn't i mean he wasn't playing that bad no I mean that that's the thing is that like I think all, Ruiz is just really good of all the uh problems on the offensive line, I don't think Anwaynu was directly responsible for many of them, no with the exception of the fact that they couldn't pick up a stunt to save their lives but that but was th- kind that of was a, an
1: offensive line wide thing a yeah, whole
0: a holistic thing um and uh we should mention the fact that Tim Drevno did get axed. And got immediately hired yeah. by USC and put in charge of pass protection. which is like, oh, okay, good luck. <laughs> Let's see how that works out. Um, Michigan brings in Ed Warner, who has a
1: terrific track record, um, <clears throat> and that seemed like something they were maybe scheming to do for a while. Oh, there, it's clear with the way that it came out because, like, Ed Warner is not a guy you hire to be an analyst, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah.
0: He had a, he had a real coaching job at Minnesota. He comes in as a quote unquote
1: analyst. They're trying to let Drevno down early, easy, and then like. Nobody. It finally reaches the point where it's like, we better just let this guy go. And then he gets get hired the by USC immediately to do. To the timing like, was strange on
0: all of that. To be like a running backs yeah. coach. And then they put him in charge of pass protection. And who believes that? Not me. I believe that they did that for, to save face. But, uh, I mean, after last year where, I mean, Michigan couldn't pick up a stunt to save their lives. Yeah. And maybe that's on Patrick Coogler. There was a reason that Patrick Coogler couldn't play until he was a, a redshirt senior. Um but just given the fact that everybody on the line looked like a complete doof when they tried to do it, like that goes. That back- felt like a coaching. Thing. Yeah, that felt like a coaching thing. So hopefully we get like the uh, Gerg upgrade, <laughs> where it's like, okay, Greg Robinson's gone. Who are you bringing in? Uh, Greg Madison. That that's that's going to go well. So hopefully we've got a yeah.
1: Gerg. Well, we. I mean, Warner has got a, Greg. a very very good. Track we've gone from everybody. Gerg to Greg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Warner is definitely a Greg. <clears throat> So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it might take a little bit for some of those gains to hold, but hopefully we start seeing some improvement pretty quickly.
0: But anyway, this is depressing, so let's talk about the defense. <clears throat> uh,
4: Let me just tell you a couple things to keep in your mind while you're out there. When we take the field, we're going to win. We've got
2: big goals. We've got big ideas. We've got to win this game, and there is no
1: game on the remainder of our schedule more important than the one you're going down to the tunnel to play today. Now let's go! Let's go.
4: Underground Printing is proud to
0: present the Bow Store. Visit us at our new location at 333 South Main or online
1: at www.bow.team. Yeah! It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing takes the aggravation out of custom printing for a group. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, or trying to collect sizes and payment for a family reunion, Underground Printing is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with our easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing people down to pay, or wasting time trying to sort out who needs what. We'll set it up, and you can just sit back and relax. We can even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit us at any of our convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com.
6: I grew up in a small town of Hazlitt, Michigan, and I witnessed a lot of great people making a lot of poor financial decisions. And I thought to myself, I don't want to be in that position. I don't want to have my retirement at risk. Over the last 17 years, my team has developed and refined our process, which helps people understand what's important to them and what they value most. And because people don't have pensions anymore, we're adding in multiple income streams during retirement. At Peak Wealth Management, our goal is to build long lasting relationships. And we do that by building trust, by showing our integrity, and letting them know how much we care. And that's one of the most important things we do here at PEAK, is understand your goals and help you get there.
3: If
0: you find yourself on the wrong side of the law in Ann Arbor or around Metro Detroit, you want a Michigan man in the huddle. Call former prosecutor and now criminal defense attorney Jonathan Paul at 248-924-924. 9458 or visit his website, (laughs) MichiganLawGrad.com.
1: If you need a place to stay in Ann Arbor and don't want to be stuck out by I-94, there's a new hotel downtown, and the owners, who should be well-known to the Michigan community, have asked our help to get the word out. The Martin family, yes, that Martin family, recently opened the Residence Inn Ann Arbor downtown, just a block from Main Street and a short walk to Michigan Stadium. They're competitively priced and offer a free hot breakfast, free Wi-Fi, fully equipped kitchen in every suite, and an indoor pool. That's the Residence Inn Ann Arbor downtown.
3: The original Ruff Shakers. <laughs> it down, good love. Baby got them open all over town. Strictly, bitch, you don't play around. Cover much ground, got game by the town. Getting paid is a forte. Each and every day, true player away I can't get her out of my mind. Wow, I think about the girl all the time. Wow, wow. The east side to the west side, pushing fat rise, It's no surprise. She got tricks in the stash, stacking up the cash fast when it comes to the gas. By no means average. It's when she's got to have it baby you're a perfect 10 i want to get in can i get down so i, I like the way you work it no diggity i got to bag it up i like the way you work it no diggity I, I got to bag it up i like the way you work it no diggity I the I like the way you work No
0: no You know, I think we kinda of covered this in the uh, this week's obsession we did about hypothetical spring game. Where the stuff that I learned about the defense was nobody got seriously
1: hurt, except maybe LeVert Hill, although I think Zorich it- <laughs> gets mad if you have like a a cramp. Well, I think I think
0: if uh, Levert Hill didn't play at all the spring and doesn't have like a, a injury that would prevent him from doing that clearly, that's probably pretty frustrating as a coach. True.
2: <clears throat> and if Long is out and St. Juice, he's like, what am I doing here? Why did I show up to work?
1: We do also know that Zordich is one of those guys who uh, will use injuries as motivation yes. uh, because this happened last year. Well, it did, <laughs> it, I mean, it did happen
0: last year, but like, you know.
1: And it worked out quite nicely it last did. year. But anyway, let's start with the line, because I uh,
0: always do that.
2: You know what else we could start with is mentioning our sponsors.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a good idea.
2: (laughs) Uh, Very special podcast. We would love to thank our sponsors, in fact. There are Underground Printing, The Bow Store, The Residence Inn, Ann Arbor, downtown, where we are right now, Home Sure Lending, Peak Wealth Management, the Alumni Association of the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor Elder Law, Lantana Homeless, Human Element, Eco Intelligent Homes, and Michigan Law Grad.
0: We have
1: seven conference rooms. We gave Notre Dame one. So, is that eight? I think it's eight? Yeah, I think we're back up to eight. I couldn't remember for the, the last one we didn't hear. You're, <laughs> you're the conference room director. Uh, am I? Yeah, because you're the one who says it. All, all right, the time. it's eight. This is what yeah. it is.
0: We might have to reset it next year because eventually we're just not going to have a place to. to yeah,
1: we're it. just going to be surrounded by rubble.
0: Well, that's not true. There's probably always going to be an Ohio State room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> true.
2: How about if you get rid of the coach who lost to them? Then, then you get your room back.
1: Uh-huh. I like yeah, that yeah, system. That's stuff. good. Yeah,
6: that's yeah. good. Okay.
0: Cuz that's I mean we've never addressed the fact that there's still a Michigan room. That's true.
1: <laughs> that's true, but nothing that happened prior to 2015 counts.
0: But that but there's uh Yeah, yeah so that that rule yeah, takes that, care of that. Yeah, now and now
1: yeah. we we would like to apply it retroactively to everything we said about this hotel before now. <laughs>
0: I think Dave is more appalled by this conversation <laughs> than, like, the No Peters one. Yeah. We just sit here. Because we just brought up losing to Rutgers. And torture him for fun. Um, anyway, uh, this was supposed to be the less depressing. Yeah, this is, this
1: is the fun segment. This is like this is the, like, segment. we're just worried about backup segment, really.
0: Uh, but we are. So the defensive line is, I mean, the ends are going to be Garen Winovich and Winovich. Which uh, Awesome. Is going to come off the field like four times. Yeah, uh, and Gary will get a little bit more rotation behind him. I mean, the, the interesting thing to me is like, uh, do they uh, let Quitty Pae, who's up to two sixty, like, is he going to be on the field with Winovich at the same time when Gary gets a rest? Is Kemp going to be? More I mean, the
1: interior guy. Can you slide Gary inside at that point, especially on third down, and maybe have a really terrifying pass rushing unit? Well, I'm. I'm Okay, pass I mean, rushing. you're you're looking at I'm looking you're at looking like, at
0: like four down rotation, yeah, yeah. um, because yeah, the, the pass rush unit is going to be absolutely terrifying. terrifying, yeah, because you're going to pull off like a defensive tackle and put
1: on Josh Uche possibly, could be fun, pie, yeah, <laughs> there's um, some dudes. If Luigi Velane gets healthy, it he could be very interesting.
2: Yeah, the, that's one of the things about the, the rotation of the defensive line we saw last year, that they just go three three five and that gives you you know, a guy off the field to take a breather and anyway. we
0: can't. We're, we're gonna talk about the line first <laughs> later. So <laughs> Mike four is getting the same amount of hype he got last year, and it's very silly hype. It's like Mike Hart but fast hype, where it's like, Yeah, he's Bo but big but big. Yeah. Okay. Pat on the head. Um,
1: <laughs> but we'll take half that. Yeah, no, like <laughs> if,
0: he, if he's just like a B b-plus player, you know, that's pretty much Michigan's biggest question mark on the whole defense.
1: Yeah, especially since, I mean, it knows you've got Brian Monet in a new strength program and they are talking about how he's making some gains there. I'm pretty skeptical. I think we all are. He can eat space. He's like, he's going to be a, a space eater and then. Aubrey Solomon, I'm expecting a sophomore year breakout from a sure. five-star defensive tackle. Yeah, I mean, um, you've got Gary, you have Solomon, you have Winovich. There is there is a lot of talent on that line. And then, like, you got guys like Jeter and Irving Bay pushing. Um, they've, 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 they've got some interesting – the fact that – I mean, this was also in large part because of the offensive line, but they were comfortable enough taking one of their top defensive tackle recruits from that class and moving him to the offensive line because – Well, you that, saw the offensive line. Jeter came through. They that also saw – that that that's count. more offensive line than defense. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Um that is not a good sign for the defense. That is, like, help from the offense. <laughs> but, I mean, they do have bodies. They're even mentioning, like, Lawrence Marshall as a potential contributor.
2: That's the thing, though. They've been talking about Lawrence Marshall way more than the redshirt freshman. So, like, the read I, I, hope I hope got that's a motivational that tactic. <laughs> My, the read I got for is the freshmen just aren't really ready. They yet.
0: always talk about Marshall, and then it never comes to pass. Like, I yeah. think they really like him. Well, like, I some, think, like, they think he's, like, really Good dude, and they want
1: him to contribute. And he Adam has Patterson. had to work his way up from weak side end to defensive tackle. So, like, if there were ever a time where he would finally break through, it would be in his final year. I mean, I'm expecting him to be Adam Patterson. Do you remember Adam? Adam I do Patterson? barely remember Adam. Patterson. Yeah, I went. That's not a nice comp. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's not the comparison you want thrown out. There. Godin, I would say. We're, we're hoping we're for hoping Godin. It might be more Adam Patterson. And
0: I think you're going to see at least one of the the Redshirt freshmen kind of come through. And I'm I'm guessing it's Jeter. Yeah, Jeter's the one who. I mean, he got some hype last year too. Yeah. He was hurt, so yeah.
2: he gets like an excuse for being. But behind. back to
0: Duane Four, I wanted to point out that like the Duan Four hype was completely unnecessary a year ago. Nobody was thinking that Duane Four was going to play a lot. Nobody was thinking that Duane Four.
1: Uh, we were still perfectly fine with him being like the dude who was a uh, maybe a package deal with Rashawn. Gary.
0: Right. It's just like, hey, he's Rashawn Gary's buddy.
1: Yeah. If he just had like Adrian Whitty's legacy, that would have been fine. But that kind of <laughs> that kind of hype. Well, he did, Whitty did actually show up here. Yeah, and still
0: that would have been fine. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like hype for guys that it's absolutely not necessary to hype. That feels more real to me. Yes. So the fact that people were really hype on him last year and they are even more hype on him this year, I believe it. I think you're going to see Duomfort come through. I think the main problem for this defensive line is again going to be that guy stole my sack. Poor Dan. It's an enjoyable problem to have. And you're looking at a, a line that I think is as deep as the 2015 line,
1: 2016 line. Yeah. Where you've got depth at each position that looks good. Like, I think that. 'cause you got Carlo Kemp in there at strong side Kemp, end. You know, We've talked about the defensive tackle depths. You got Winovich who's never coming off the field in general, but they now have weak side ends that are plausible.
5: Yeah.
0: And uh, you have you have Monet, you have Lawrence Marshall, and then you have one of the retro freshmen I think you can assume is going to be a pretty decent player this year. Yeah, season. they should be able to have at least a five man rotation at tackle. And they probably and that's adequate. won't need it because no. how many extended drives are op- the opposition going to get so
2: one more uh, tea leaf on uh, on Duomfor is that if you look at you know the interior offensive line, we said on Wayne it was fine, and like if his job was under threat this spring, who is he going up against every single snap? It's you know it's that right guard position could have been affected by Dwumfor's play, possibly yeah, yeah, or at least they could be talking about the same thing.
0: Hard to tell because we didn't get to see. <laughs>
2: Again, at linebacker,
0: yeah. Michigan has if they wanted to, they could have five guys fighting for one spot. Yes. Um, so you get Bush back, you get Hudson back, and then you can have Singleton, Anthony, uh, Ross, Uche, and Gill all competing for the one open starting spot on at linebacker. And chances are, whoever comes out of that is going to be pretty freaking good. Yes. I'm. I mean, my money is probably on Josh Ross, just because he was the linebacker from last year who didn't redshirt. Uche.
1: And Ross also kind of came in as the most like college ready of the group. Well, also he's he's big. He's a McC- he's a McCray type. Yeah. So who do you want to put
0: next to Devin Bush? Probably a guy who can take on a lead block and and maybe stuff
1: a run or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's the guy who best fits that description. Of the also it's what they're saying. Twenty seventeen linebackers. Like
2: the, the Observer said that it's like Ross and Gill who are mostly lining up a weak side.
0: Right. Yeah. And then you have. The 3 3 that we can now talk about. Hey! <laughs> or last year it was Furbush, and that worked really well until opponents kind of figured out that Furbush was not... Was, was a fullback. Basically. He was he, just a, another defensive lineman who didn't line up off the line. Yeah,
2: I wrote down Fur- Furbush's defensive Ben Mason.
0: Yeah, and that worked well, and then people figured it out, and the three three five went away. Yeah. So if they're going to bring it back this year, I mean, Furbush has a role to play, but I think you're going to see um, maybe Drew Singleton... Uh, occupy that role. I mean, we Which were all... In- intriguing. We were all introduced to Drew Singleton because we were watching an IMG game to catch... Param- we were watching a Paramus IMG game to catch Rashawn Gary. And, and it was going, like, who is this number a- five <laughs> <Yeah>. dude <laughs> who is everywhere? And he he was everywhere. He's the kind of guy who you could drop into coverage. You could have him do the Furbush thing. You could have him attack the quarterback. Um, and if you have a, maybe a more dynamic player on the other side um, in Ross then that 335 becomes more of a real 335 where you're blitzing from everywhere and anywhere. Yes. And you can't just predict that okay, Furbush is going <laughs> to slam into a
1: guard. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Furbush
0: can't cover so he's going to be a defensive lineman. Yeah. So like I think you're probably going to see Michigan mix both defenses and I man have a much more dynamic 335 approach this year. Yeah, they, if they use it at all.
2: They have their like regular down 335 and they also have their like <laughs> Blitz three three five. The right. That's that's a totally different thing.
1: Yeah. Which yeah, is. The, there's yeah. going to be some some sets out there where they've got like Uche and Kaya yeah. and only defensive ends and it's right. and someone's going to die and it's not going to be anybody on Michigan. <laughs> yeah, you put
0: Uche out there with Bush and you've got Winovich and Gary and they could probably keep for out there as a pass rushing DT and it's just. In, yeah, we and, we might see some oh, it, sacks this year where they can like <laughs>
1: drop. Seven guys into coverage, yeah, like one of those, like four guys just get through clean because they just have no idea where the blitz is coming through and panic and let like three of them through without even trying to get a hand. That Don
2: Brown from BC against Notre
1: Dame, where oh the option play, the option (laughs) (laughs) play. We we might see the passing equivalent of that at some point, right? (laughs) Yeah. So or just that everybody
2: in the backfield gets sacked.
0: Yes, and you have you have Bush uh, coming into his own as a true junior.
1: Because he did kind of his effectiveness faded a little bit over the course of last season. His teams kind of figured him out a little bit.
0: Oh, and I think part of that was the fact that you know he went from just a guy who happened to be a linebacker who's not a priority to like one of the things you have
1: to deal with. Yeah, like you're game planning around that dude at that point. Especially once they broke out the three three five, that kind of featured him.
0: Right, and and the guys around him like McRae was a solid player, but not you know a threat. He was a guy you game plan around in maybe a little bit of a different way. Sure and and if you get a little bit of an athletic upgrade maybe a blitzing upgrade you can start shifting things around you can uh Bush is always going to be the top target I think uh to get blocked by an offense and I think his ridiculous production is that an, other than Gary uh, No well, like at the <laughs> on linebacker on the second level yeah. okay <laughs> and I think his ridiculous production is probably a thing of the past just because you know his role is now going to be occasionally uh blitzing and more often it's
1: going to be like being a decoy. Cause, cause, we'll see, I think with his just general ability to cover sideline to sideline, he is always going to be a relatively productive
0: player. No, I mean, he, I'm not saying that he's not going to be a near All-American type player at linebacker, probably Michigan's first since... Uh, David Harris. David Harris. But like his... You remember when, you know, uh, Dribble Peppers had 20 tackles for loss in like four
1: games? Like
0: that's, that's kind of what Bush did, and then people... Adapted and then
1: yeah, th- th- we're, we're not going to see those like absurd eye popping numbers again. We're probably not going to see another like like we're not going to see another Khalil Hudson national record tackle for loss <laughs> game again because that was the worst game plan ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, still very excited for the entire linebacker group. Really, I I, I like all the twenty seventeen guys. I mean, Ross was probably the one I would I thought had the least amount of upside, and I liked him quite a bit coming out of high school.
0: Yeah, they've got depth. They've got. Uh, a couple of established stars. Uh,
1: we should talk Hudson, because... Uh, yeah. Guy, yeah. Even did, when when just mentioned that he's set the tech for loss record in no, the game? It didn't count, count it because even they even never count. blocked him, but he did tackle those guys. He <sighs> brought them a, down.
2: He's also a huge spring hype getter, too. Like, after duum 4, you know, he's the guy that everyone's like, oh, Well, and,
1: and that's a believable spring hype, because we've seen him on the field. We've right. seen what he's physically capable of doing. Such a waste
0: of spring hype, though. It's kind
1: of like, hey... Uh, Jabril Peppers is good, guys. Ty Wheatley.
0: <laughs> Watch out for him after his 1,500-yard season. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we got, we know. We know. <laughs> We've seen number We're seven. Uh, and hopefully this year, like, I just want him to maybe be a little bit more know, dynamic in coverage. So sure. like, last year you saw weird things like Mike McCray covering Saquon Barkley. And I kind, yeah, weird, weird's a nice way of describing I that. I kind of feel like even if Josh Ross is a little bit better in that situation, like that's still not the ideal. There's no reason not to put Hudson out there unless like he's like, we've, we heard that he did have some issues in coverage kind of early in his career. But like they couldn't have been worse than McCray. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that (laughs) if he was like a legit plus coverage guy, that wouldn't even be in Michigan's playbook. Yes. So uh hopefully, We see him a little bit more involved in uh, the back has come out of the backfield and we're empty now. Like, I'm not going to be a blitzer. I'm going to go cover this guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think there was the thing about not complicating things. Is that acceptable? Yes, completely. (laughs) I think it was just not complicating things for him. He followed the tight end wherever the tight end went.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's part of it. Like, So, true sophomore in his first extensive
1: uh, scouting experience, you could formation Michigan with that. Mm -hmm. And hopefully... And this is also a guy who played all like so many different positions in high school that he was yeah. still just getting used to being a full time defender his first year. And
0: right? so then you've got Bush who's also a first year starter, and then McCrae, who uh was a veteran but obviously had some issues in space and you could get to that because of the inexperience of the other two. So hopefully that's not the case this year and those uh weaknesses, I that's kind of the Chinks in Michigan's armor are a little bit less uh, easy to get to. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, in general, with the linebackers, I love that Brown's coaching these guys. Brown knows all these guys, and Brown loves to have lots of different tools for lots of different things. So he can, they're a hard scout because he can throw so many different looks at you with these guys. And he's got so many pieces that are available to him for the season.
0: And then, cornerback, despite the fusty. Angry press conferences that occasionally result. I mean, we're going to get used to that from Zordich, apparently. Well, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we have some corners who actually like play through the spring. <laughs> That'd be nice too. <laughs> uh, this is probably the deepest Michigan corner group I can remember because uh, I it is impressive. Have full faith that Amber Thomas is going to come come in guns blazing this year. You have uh, Brandon Watson, who was playing nearly at the level of the two guys a year ago, to the point where. David Long, who I think is a candidate to go high in the next NFL draft, wasn't able to like lock down his playing time because Watson was doing just as well. Yeah, and then Lavert Hill, who uh, when he's on the field is the best of all of them. So, remember when James Rogers was
2: starting? <laughs> I tried to forget that Brian. This is like the fourth time this podcast we brought up the Gurgi
1: Gertens- <laughs> But i just like what I'm saying. Nine defenses. Patterson's been. Because yeah, you because even like if right. you know Ben St. Juice can get healthy, but it's nice. He's a now, real interesting piece. Like yeah. they've got, and then you've got uh, this pile of freshmen in that they're not even going to have to touch. No,
0: I, I, it's it was a little bit odd to me because I feel that they think that they're going to lose at least one corner and possibly two to the NFL after this
1: year. Because, because otherwise, you can't really explain why they took so many last year. Right?
0: They took five defensive backs,
1: and they lost one. Yeah,
2: they're all the same type too. They're all like, you know, let's get. They're a all guys who can play corner
0: or or safety. Yeah, yeah. And Michigan brought in a Utah grad transfer, who I don't think is ever going to see the field because how the new Wayne Lions. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was baffled by that, but I if think they, if they have the spot, I guess, and the guy just wants to like start his career and. Uh, biological manufacturing of cool stuff, which is a really good Michigan major. Sounds oh. good.
1: Yeah,
2: we got a little clarity on them. They, they brought they brought him as a safety, not a cornerback. Well, that was like a, that might be a free. Well, safety. If they brought him as
1: a corner, then he was definitely never. Can before. I talk yeah. to you?
0: Can I talk to you about slot fades? <laughs> I don't. I think Michigan should only have run have one safety. Okay. I think they should just have one safety, and they should play three cornerbacks all the time. Okay. And then if you want to run a slot fade, you run running against Levert Hill. That's fine. And whatever... Ambry Thomas. Whatever downgrade... Well, Ambrey's probably on the outside in this in I this think they,
1: they've been talking about him. You'd probably that. keep Ambrey on the outside. It doesn't matter. How small he is. Okay. It doesn't matter. Either one.
0: <laughs> and then you have the one safety, and whatever downgrade you have in run defense there, you don't care about because of your front seven. Sure. Let's do it. All right. One safety. So you just want Tyree Cannell playing center field. Well we can have Mattelis play too. We'll we'll alternate those two guys at free safety. Um and then And poor Jalen Kelly Powell
1: is just gonna have to keep waiting.
0: Well, he's a Oh, well, he's a sophomore. That's They like, well, like
1: keep talking about play. how he like, no. he's playing corner. He's playing nickel. He's, he's not. I don't know. This year, he's just playing
2: safety. Yeah. But Nickel. They, they confuse everybody because they have I two mean, jobs. Safety, named safety
1: nickel. and nickel. You know. Yeah. The, the safety plays the nickel. But apparently. there's
2: like there's a there's nickel safety and there's nickel corner. They're two different positions and they confuse everybody because everyone says nickel in the press conferences. I don't
0: want to see any nickel safeties. I don't
2: even I, like <laughs> I, I accept it's the fact. JKP. Is that's what they're using him yeah. as? Yeah. But, but there's going to be one. that's going to be Kelly. But
0: if you have David Long. And you have Brandon Watson, and you have Ambry Thomas, and you have Lavert Hill. LeVert Hill. I,
1: and you, Especially since like, those guys were good at, at run support last year, too. They were. Like, I, Hill was quite surprisingly good in run support. I want Michigan's best cornerback on the
0: slot. That's what I want. That's what I want. It, it has
1: become like the most, and like
0: Hill is Seth, a. Seth, give it to me. You're just nodding. Hill is Hill is cut <laughs> out to be a I don't know how to take too. Tyree
2: Cannell off the field right now, man.
0: You can take him off the field. You're like, hey. He's uh, the guy who
2: lines everybody up. He's the. We have a first. Well, yeah. Back. He's
1: the, he's the one deep safety. And I guess we're taking Metellus off the field.
0: Well, right? they can swap. They're, they're veterans. They, they,
1: can, they can hack it. But I, I, yeah. do, I do like the idea of at least having Hill play a, a fair amount of slot This corner. isn't
2: an overreaction at all to, like, one-inch passes that went no, over? No, I
1: think that's head. the direction of the game. Like, you see so much more in the NFL, too, where, like, a team's best corner quite often lines up in the slot. Charles Wilson. Yeah, let's do it. Woodson, that was a little bit more of a late career adjustment. But so like, what we're talking about. But it kind of started a, a trend. the Yeah, going. that's true. Um, Come on, man. But it's like, but like like, him, it was like an adjustment to like him losing his athleticism a little bit. And now teams are like prioritizing, like, they want their. Best athlete in the slot yeah, because man. it's a two-way go for the receiver. You except to jam him into the sideline. Well, don't do anything that the Browns do is a, is a great rule to follow <laughs> for
0: it, pretty it, much anything. Isn't except the Browns or don't be like the Browns. Kind of the implied finish to any sentence. <laughs> of <football>?
1: The Browns <laughs> took Jabril Peppers and lined him up thirty yards off the line of scrimmage as a single high safety for his entire rookie season.
2: And the season. rest of the until, uh, uh, the rest of the NFL is staring at that, going, "What the heck are you doing? We would love that guy in our slot."
1: Yeah. So yeah, don't don't do the Browns thing. Do the put, put LeVert
2: thing. Hill in the slot,
1: <laughs> and I mean, and yeah. have fun.
2: They are addressing it because that is that is definitely something that we heard all spring is that like that is the one thing that the, that Brown wants to fix this year is people burning them in phase. the slot. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'll tell you he's on it. the same. They, they've got the pieces to help shut that down now. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about one specific play because
1: everything else goes as well. And one specific play that, like, you need a quarterback who can make a very good throw there, too. Well, Like, I I mean, Michigan got hit with a lot of inch-perfect throws last year. Like uh, like Giovanni (laughs) (laughs) Rischino. When Rischino hits one, it's like, well, we might just be cursed. I think that's... uh, (laughs) When McSorley hits it, you're like, okay, tip of the cap. You're good. Yeah. Um, And pretty much any other Big Ten quarterback, it was like, oh, come on. (laughs) Well, and that happened a few times last Hornibrook year. Cornerbrook, I think, uh, has earned our a little bit yeah. grudging uh, respect. <laughs> just like you somehow fit these NFL throws with a noodle arm, I don't know how it works, but it works.
2: He's the Captain Kirk of the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> As this a... is a stupid idea, sir. Okay. <laughs> So you weren't talking about Kirk Ferentz,
0: which is occasionally called Captain Kirk. Like,
2: that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Are I'm You're not... talking about literal No, Captain I know Kirk. more Star Trek than Iowa, unfortunately. Cow
0: cowboy diplomacy.
2: Yes. Yeah,
0: all right. Well, that's the football team. I guess we should talk about special teams. We don't know anything cuz no, we didn't they, see the, we, we,
2: did, we they, didn't see a kicking They exhibition. could have just like punted in the rain for half an hour and we would have known more than we know now. I mean even don't that, don't, you
0: know, don't put that evil on me. Come on. <laughs> I don't
1: also <laughs> like we we would I
0: don't think we've we literally would. seen that I
1: don't, I don't think yeah we we have seen that and we we wouldn't learn anything more about the punting because the whole thing last year was that Brad Robbins was awesome in practice and then when it actually came time to punt during the game he started shanking him. yeah it's so
2: which I'm I'm okay to believe he was a true freshman
1: you know I'd still like to see him work that out yeah
2: <laughs> yes I would
1: and we weren't gonna know that until this fall anyway
0: they should like get his mom and like threaten to like shave her head if he has a
1: bad punt. Up the pressure. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's going to help, definitely. That's also definitely a legal thing that is good for people. Yeah, that'll that'll come off well. ESPN would not be running that on the front page.
0: (laughs) Well, there's so much MSU stuff we can probably get away (laughs) with sneak (laughs) that in there. I I do not advocate this. That that was Seth. Good to clarify. I was not saying those things.
2: Speaking of weird haircuts, we didn't get to see the kicking either.
1: Yeah, you're the haircut's happening. You're off the hook, by the way cuz uh, it was just for last season. Well, I'm right? I'm not really off the hook cuz I did the the fundraiser and Oh, sold, committed he's sold to out anyway. That, the, the oh, was that what, was anyway. that what I thought? am that... getting I'm getting the wild thing and haircut, a tattoo and a tattoo and the wild thing is going to be dyed maize and blue. Oh my god. The I mean, tattoo wanna, the tattoo might happen soon. Are you going
2: to the press box like this?
1: No. No, I'm not covering games anymore. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> and uh well, yeah, and uh no, I I will uh I will have a more normal haircut by the time football season rolls around, <laughs> or he'll wear a hat. I yeah, I, I am a person gonna, who does like hats. I'm
2: announcing it now. There's gonna be a lot of MGO events this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm announcing it now. I'm taking a sabbatical. One week in <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is
0: definitely out of this segment. If you're looking for a mortgage and you're a Michigan fan, there's only one place to go. HomeShare Lending. Both fair and honest, HomeShare Lending is local, efficient, and small enough so you'll work directly with the owner, Matt Demarest. Matt bleeds maize and blue, and so does his family.
2: Hey, this is Matt Demarest. I'm the owner of HomeShare Lending. We're a small, local, family-owned business, and so I'm here with a couple of members of my family, Cooper and Colby, my boys. Cooper, how old are you, buddy? Nine! Colby, what about you? Seven! Who's the best team in the whole country?
5: Michigan!
2: Can I get a Go Blue?
5: Go Blue!
2: We're a family business here in Ann Arbor. I'd love to serve you and your family with any of your mortgage needs. Located at 2723 South
0: State Street in Ann Arbor. For more info, go to homesurelending.com. That's H-O-M-E-S-U-R-E-L-E-N-D-I-N-G. You can reach Matt at 734-531-9950. Homesure Lending. NMLS 1161358.
1: Equal housing lender. If you need a place to stay in Ann Arbor and don't want to be stuck out by I-94, there's a new hotel downtown, and the owners, who should be well-known to the Michigan community, have asked our help to get the word out. The Martin family, yes, that Martin family, recently opened the Residence Inn, Ann Arbor downtown, just a block from Main Street and a short walk to Michigan Stadium. They're competitively priced and offer a free hot breakfast, free Wi-Fi, fully equipped kitchen in every suite and an indoor pool. That's the Residence Inn, Ann Arbor
4: downtown. The places you'll go may seem far from Ann Arbor, from San Francisco to St. Louis to Shanghai, but as members of the Alumni Association, we're never far because Michigan is more than a place. It's a mindset that connects us. For those who leave Michigan, but for whom Michigan never leaves, this is where you belong. The Alumni Association of the University of Michigan. Join today at umalumni.com. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground
1: Printing has unique, great-fitting U.M. apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Schembeckler, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom-printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing at one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com.
2: Hi, this is Seth from Memgo Blog. Uh, got another story for you, uh, from my, uh, wonderful tales of homeownership. There was like a musty smell coming from my crawl space. And when we opened up, there were like a bunch of bugs in there. Anyway, uh, I called Ecotelligent Homes, and it's a good thing I did because uh, as soon as the spring came, that could have gotten a lot worse. I really recommend these guys. They will find the source of the issue. Their licensed teams will install the fixes. They help you qualify for the right local rebates, and they offer financing. Ecotelligent Homes is an award-winning DTE energy and consumers energy trade ally. Call them at 248 248- Two nine one seven eight one five, or visit their website at ecotelligenthomes.com.
3: While you wait for the others to make it all worthwhile, all your useless pretensions are weighing all my time. You could bake for forgiveness as long as you lie. Or oh, just wait out the evening.
0: So Ace, you know what's better than lining up Kenny Demons two inches from the no cycle? Anything? <laughs> <laughs> Lantana roasted garlic hummus is made with white beans and topped with garlic, red peppers, and herbs. You can get it. At Meyer or Bushes or any local grocers, I believe Kroger's in there as well. He- Kroger's, myers I'm doing the Michigan thing. Yeah, I, I accidentally did it too. You're just uh, you're just running by the uh, whole like Gurk defense reference again, aren't you?
1: You're just not even going to. Try- I'm trying to just move on past that. Yeah, I'm going to say something about kittens real soon, just okay. so we can really clear that up. No well, wh- kittens in the Lantana I'm right. Unlike. Various
0: other hummuses that yes. are made mostly of the souls and bones and hair of kittens. And some of that's unethical, and the rest of it is gross. So here's our uh, re- a holistic recruiting class update. All threes, three sports. Three sports.
1: Uh, three, possibly. Three some, football commits. A gazillion hockey commits. Well. No new basketball commits, but some rating ups- updates. Well, and there's also, I mean, Michigan's
0: hitting out the big fish. But let's start with the, the, the guys who have signed up for football. First, uh, the Ohio State trolling defensive end out of Ohio. Uh,
1: yes, um, Gabe Newberg uh, goes to Ohio State. He's an Ohio kid. He did actually grow up as a Michigan fan. Um, that was that was made clear. That was made very clear um, after he, you know, goes on his unofficial visit. Uh, you know, talks to Urban Buyer, kind of feels out whether he's going to get an offer and. Meyer tells him to be patient. He's like, "Nope, I'm committing to Michigan," <laughs> and so he dropped very shortly after that. Um, I'm guessing he was the you know, they're adding defensive ends because they're probably expecting Stephen Heron still to bolt for Se- or to Stanford at some point. Yeah. I mean, um, they still have like Chris Hinton in the class, so they they do have a strong defensive end class almost no matter what. Seems pretty clear that Heron is just waiting for admissions, at Stanford, Stanford admissions, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that 's why he has not exited the class yet because you do want a placeholder in case uh Stanford does decide not to take you um, and he 's a guy who Michigan would like to hold on to if they could um, but uh Newberg's an interesting guy um, I, I I mean I think he ends up at, at strong side end but he 's got some versatility he 's um, he 's one of those wrestlers. Yeah, I like wrestlers. Um and so I really liked his his not hand like that. usage. Not like bong I'm the undertaker like <laughs> Dave just gave Brian a look. For Dave's, people, Dave's people who gave do not see the that this is a very visual podcast. Um,
0: because I'm like I like I like having wrestlers as defensive end and he's like, "Oh, kicky punchy off the top rope. No, no. Real wrestlers." Yeah. Like high school,
1: yeah. Who was it? An Olympic gold medalist? Anyways, go ahead. So he's got like he plays with decent leverage for a high school player, which is something that you know usually really needs to be instilled in a guy after high school. The whole like pad level thing comes up with pretty much every defensive prospect ever. Yeah. Um, But since he's a wrestler and wrestling is in large part about staying low, yeah, uh, he is naturally pretty good at that. Um, So he's got kind of the balance, leverage, and uh, hand usage that's kind of advanced for. Uh, a player of his age. He's not like this... He's not a five-star athlete, but he's somebody who could be like kind of like a Ryan Van Bergen. We always compare... We always do the Ryan Van Bergen comparison, but I can't avoid it uh, here. Um, He's (sighs) built pretty similarly. Um, He's kind of the same, like he's going to get by on technique and not pure athleticism. Sure. Um, Probably ends up at strong side end. All Um, right. But a nice... uh, Like a nice... Probably more towards the end of the class, uh, but as a depth pickup, I I like him quite a bit. He's got a little bit upside.
0: And then Michigan picked up a guard from Connecticut. Yes, Jack Stewart. And there's no information on this guard.
1: Yeah, uh, rivals in ESPN did not have pages for him until his commitment. Um, 247, uh, it looked like they did a very quick viewing of his junior film and threw a grade out there sure um so he's currently the, the like number 1000 player overall in the country that will change um because he's yeah but you look at the film that is not a two-star
0: yeah don brown country
1: yeah uh, michigan has had a lot of success uh pulling guys out um from the east coast uh in areas that are not normally uh Full of football players. and uh yeah and also like the last three high major commits out of Uh, Stewart's High School, New Canaan, have all hit as college players, even though they were three stars. Um, Who are they? uh, Current Boston College defensive end, Zach Allen, who was in part recruited by Don Brown, um, was honorable mention all ACC last year and is like a pro football focus fave rave. Okay. Um, Former Notre Dame starting offensive lineman Connor Hanratty uh, was one of the three. Um, And then – TCU right tackle Lucas Nyang is the most recent one. He started the last eight games of last year as a true sophomore. Can you say that guy's name again? Lucas Nyang. Okay. I just like that. Um, so, um, and then also, this is apparently a school that is on the rise because on the same day that Stewart committed, two other players from his high school also committed. Uh, to major programs, so uh, their head coach is quoted as saying, "Quite a day for a public high school in Connecticut, because that does not ever happen." No, <laughs> uh, but they actually had a uh, 2020 qu- quarterback commit to Notre Dame the same day that Jack Stewart committed to Michigan. Well, I'll be, uh, I'll be danged. Yeah, so uh, I, this is a school that uh, obviously the recruiting site should probably get around to at some point. <laughs> And uh, I expect, uh, especially now that they've got a Notre Dame quarterback commit, that will happen. Sure. Uh, so we should get a lot more information on Stewart uh, as his senior season happens, because right now we pretty much have uh, his weight, very, his yeah, height. his weight, and some quick breakdowns of junior okay. highlight film. Which, with offensive linemen, you're never you're never quite sure how much to rely on. No, also, highlights. The,
0: well, I mean, the last offensive lineman they got out of Connecticut was Andrew Stuber, so. And yeah. that's looking relatively promising. Yeah, good sc- good scout there, probably. We'll yeah. see. We haven't actually seen him on the field.
1: but Yeah. And I, and I like Stewart's film. Um, so, uh, I mean, you have a competition caveat in there because he's playing football in Connecticut.
0: And then Michigan flips a
1: Tennessee commit, which doesn't really sound that hard to do. <laughs> no. But Miami was also trying to get him, and he's from Florida. Okay, So yeah. that's a little bit more.
0: And this is to Corey Couch, who's a cornerback, and unlike literally every cornerback they took last year, he is
1: not like a six foot two guy with he, crazy gummy. He arms. is the Jordan Lewis, Lavert Hill okay. style build. He some sites list him at uh, like five nine and a half, one forty five, which I think is a an outdated weight from last year. Okay, because one forty five is re- that's like Terry Richardson yeah. light. Yeah, hey, you did it this time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think he's up to like one sixty ish now, which would put him at least more on track to like be somewhat plausible college sized. Sure. Um, and he's somebody who's kind of hanging out around, like, right around the top 300 on all three sites. Um, ESPN has a, actually hasn't ranked the highest overall, even though he has him as a three-star, while the other two sites has him, have him as a four-star. Okay. Um, but they have him at 272 overall. Um, he's, I mean, he's a fluid... He, his film, I, I feel bad putting this out there, but it reminded me of Jordan Lewis. Because I thought you were going to say Bubakar Sissoko. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad. Uh, but uh, he has great closing speed, which was something that really stood out with Jordan Lewis in high school was how he would sit on routes both in zone and in man and make quarterback throw passes that looked open and very much were not. And uh, Couch is gaining that reputation both in high school and he's uh, in – This most recent camp season, he has been called a ball hawk multiple times for his ability to bait quarterbacks into throws that look like they should be complete and just don't get through. Um, So in a lot of these 7-on-7 events, they're starting to talk about how the ball isn't really getting thrown his way much, um, which in 7-on-7 is impressive. Um, And the other thing is, uh, you know, we've mentioned his size. He is undersized, but he's got kind of that like – super lanky Ambry Thomas build a little bit, so he's actually fooled a, a scout or two into thinking he's six feet tall, okay because he's able to play longer than than his height because of just his long limbs. well
0: when we were talking earlier in the podcast about slot corners, right yes, Michigan did not recruit a slot corner type in the previous
1: class so. no so this this is a guy who could take that role he was at, rivals actually list him as a safety too, which is odd, given his size. Um, But uh, does maybe say some good things about his ability to uh, uh, provide support with the run. Um, That did, I believe, come up in his uh, ESPN evaluation a little bit. Um, And he does make a couple impressive tackles in his junior film that you don't expect from a guy listed his size. Um, So, obviously, highlights, so caveat there. We, We don't see the missed tackles in those. But he could be interesting in that slot corner spot and He's definitely very different from everybody they took last year in this group. So we'll see how that that plays out. But I like the pickup. Uh, moving on to basketball, we had a, a bunch
0: of rankings changes. Uh, the least notable but most rewarding was 24-7 finally fixing Iggy Bras uh Composite
1: rating. Yeah, so he, he jumped <laughs> up from, like, the I think somewhere in the 70s yeah. to 36th overall yeah. because, you know, Rivals gives him a five-star ranking and then doesn't actually give him a numerical rating.
0: And ESPN rates him so that he's a top 50 player but doesn't actually put him on the
1: rankings. Yes. So. Uh, it's really stupid the way they do that. It's weird. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Can, like, you've seen him. You've clearly rated him. Why not just, like, him compare him to everybody else?
0: Also, especially because his prep school just kind of goes around playing, like, the big American prep schools.
1: You have enough data. Yeah. but yeah, We're not just trying to figure out how this dude from the middle of nowhere, Ontario stacks up against American right. competition. So it's, uh, now he's, I think the
0: number five recruit in the history of John Beeline. Yes. Uh, so pretty good.
1: Pretty good. Beeline. Beeline's brought some good recruits in.
0: And then the other, uh, kind of notable item was on 24, seven, uh, no, I'm sorry. On Rivals Colin Castleton and David DeJulius take big leaps up. Yeah, big jumps. um, um But only to, like, Castleton gets up to 85th, still vastly underrated,
1: I, I think. I mean, I, I think, like, vastly underrated for how he'll fit in B-line system is a very fair assessment. And I think he's still a little underrated. Those senior highlights were crazy good.
0: Yeah, and then DeJulius, of course, did what he did this high school season, 42%.
1: All three's off the bounce. Almost all three's off the bounce. Yeah. Like. Rivals, at least, uh, I I believe they did put him in front of Foster Lawyer, which. uh, He's like, Lawyer is. Come on, man. How is that not the case on 247 as well? Because 247 did not move to Julius up.
0: Well, he is. So he is ahead of Lawyer still. So he's like 141. I don't think they changed him at all. It's just that, you know, if you're Yeah, guys guys move Guys pass. But he loses like 17 slots after his. Senior season, and I'm like, uh, like somebody didn't forgot to come back around and watch him. Or I, something. I don't know how you could do that. I don't know. It, it boggles the mind. I know he's not the biggest guy, but just, just the fact that.
1: Well, and also if you're going to rape Foster Lawyer at all, then, uh, well, he's I he, think you should give, uh, DeJulius a little bit of separation from that dude, given, uh, yeah, their he's head, actually like, much up to see. He's above DeJulius on a bunch of sites. It's yes. Like, it's not, it's not great. Oh, well, it's fine by me. Yeah, no. I, I hope they're all. I hope Brandon Johns and David Julius use the Mr. Basketball this year as fuel for forever. That'd be very nice. Yeah, that'd be
0: nice. Uh, and Adrian Dujas goes nowhere but releases a uh,
1: somewhat tantalizing highlight video. Uh, it's a pretty darn tantalizing. Well, it's only
0: three video. minutes long. Like.
1: That's true. It's three minutes, but it's three minutes of him just rising up and shooting these like perfect form threes without like. A good amount of elevation on his jumper. Like, this isn't just, like, Duncan Robinson form. This is J- Duncan Robinson form, but, like, at a foot. And you also mentioned that... He uh, doesn't hit the rim. Yeah. He, he, does. Just, he just straight up doesn't hit the rim. He hits the rim like what? It happened once in the movie, in the, in the three-minute film, and I got a little upset. And it like kind of just barely grazed the right side of the rim. Yeah. And it's like, man, you should have put that in there. So
0: it's only three minutes long because he cut off all the ones where it went back rim and down. Yes.
1: <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, like, that's that, that's the enough. only takeaway I could get from that is he he cut out all the ones that hit any sort of rim seriously. <laughs> so And as far as I could tell, he never missed. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, in reality, you know, 40 to 50% shooter. But, uh, you know... Again, like DeJulius, a guy who took a ton of threes off the bounce. Um, not, 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 not to the level of DeJulius, yeah. um, but did take a good number of threes off the bounce, was the focal point of his team's offense. He's got, he's got step backs. He's got uh, catch and shoot. He can pull up off yeah. the dribble, too. Yeah, I expect him, obviously, you know, initially to be more of a catch and shoot guy, but freshman he's shown, shown the potential to be a lot more, and uh, I think he can make a serious impact as a true freshman with that shooting ability. <laughs> Especially since we... I mean, Michigan will need a backup, too. And he's the guy who best fits that. Yeah. So, I'm, I I, I mean, the ratings didn't change a ton for these guys other than Iggy, Iggy's composite ranking just getting fixed. Yeah. And rivals kind of belatedly catching up on the senior seasons of Julius and Castleton. But well, at least they caught up on, like, a couple other yeah. sites. Um, but. I mean this. This is a class that I think we're going to talk about as maybe Beeline's best. I mean, it, it has some serious competition. Well, he obviously, has, out of like one class. There's there the there's fresh the, the one. Fresh Five is yeah. uh, you know set quite a standard. Um, but man, the, the talent in this class is right up there with that.
0: Yeah, and and for Michigan, they also get to have these guys for more than a year, a year and a half. We hope. I mean, you know, we've said that before. I don't think there are one and
1: duns in this class. We've said that before. And there's never and been... They and dones. they
0: were 2 and duns. They were 2 so and duns. So
1: that's... I mean... Okay, so we'll, we'll take that. I mean, it, you know, Iggy's more of a two-and-done than a one-and-ton type, hopefully. And and yeah. um, we'll get to this later, but his role will largely depend on Charles Matthews. NBA, that's another segment. It, that that, isn't, that is a different but segment.
0: But in addition to this year's class, uh, after the Final Four run, John Beeline has gone big game hunting. Yes. And he can do this because Michigan currently has one open 2019 scholarship and should be planning for two. Yeah. And they do seem to be planning for two. They're going after combo
1: guard types. Yes. And they're going after uh a wing. Yeah. <sighs> like they're looking at maybe like a potential Jordan Poole early exit plus Matthews. a wing plus Matthews leaving. Yeah. Uh Well, uh, so only and know, also just you know adding guard depth because you never know how that's going to shake out. I mean,
0: out. you only need one of those. Like you know, honestly, like if Eli Brooks doesn't get a lot of playing time this year, he's probably a playing time transfer candidate. Yeah. So they could probably. I mean, they're not going to plan for three, but I think they're going to keep guys on the hook and they're going to keep recruiting
1: guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, they'll look to add a couple of big fish early and then stay yeah. in contact with. And I assume a number of
0: people. you know depending on how you, who you listen to, Joe Girard is either headed to Duke or he's headed to Michigan. Uh, I have opinions about uh,
1: which way those normally go. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, Michigan doesn't win a lot of recruiting battles against Duke. I think Mitch is the only one. Yeah. Uh, and so the Duke 24-7 site is really confident. and
1: Michigan's rival site is very confident.
0: The Michigan insider is hedging. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Ballas is like, I can't see how this doesn't go Michigan's way. I'm like, oh. But we'll I'd see. Rather he say that than the other way around, but I also
1: am fairly skeptical. Yeah.
0: Um, but hopefully this is a, a big ballast win because, like, guy can fill it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, Gerard, the idea of him in Line system, I mean, this is a dude who's, I think, on pace to set a whole bunch of New York State records if he hasn't already. He
0: already has. Uh, he is the New York State all-time scoring leader over Lance Stephenson. 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 Come That's on, man! That's so how I know you don't NBA. watch the NBA. I don't. He's the guy who blows in people's ears, though, right? Yes, that is yeah, Lance. I knew that. I, I I might not watch the NBA, but I know a meme when I see it. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that
1: that is Lance. Uh, he's a unique character. Well, and and <laughs> and it was a, an amazing high school basketball player. And and Joe Girard has
0: another year to add to
1: his record. Yeah, because so. um, he's I a mean, dude. I mean, he's another just. Pull he's, up and shoot from anywhere, type guy. Yeah, he's
0: playing against upstate jabronis for the most part. but yes. uh, he's a. Uh, I mean, he's from Jimmer Fredette's high school, and people compare him to Jimmer Fredette, and I'm like, yep, we take, we'd take that pretty good. Yeah, so Jimmer on a Beeline team would would probably be pretty good. Would be raining in points. Yeah, because so. he wouldn't have to take many threes
1: from half court. No, which Jimmer
0: did. Yeah, so. I'm still thinking that's going to Duke, but Michigan. Yeah, that's my
1: that's my feel too.
0: Michigan has offered DJ Carton, who's out of
1: Iowa and is a top 50 recruit right now. Yeah, and
0: he's he's actually more of a combo, which I think is a better fit for the 2019 class. So he's listed at six one, but there have been
1: reports he's up to six three, maybe six four. Yeah, which you can. get. I mean, high school guys, that is something that happens where you hit that late growth, spurt, especially with basketball. And players.
0: Uh, his recruitment is almost exclusively a big Ten recruitment. So Marquette's involved, but everybody else who's going after this kid
1: and he's listening to is a Big Ten school. It's and, Wisconsin and Illinois and Indiana and Iowa.
0: Right now, and like, Michigan I'm, not, and Minnesota. <laughs> I'm not that scared of going up against any of
1: those teams. Like, you know, for... Uh, no, I mean, Wisconsin's the team that's, like, listed as, like, like, they're the team that has four out of the five predictions on his crystal ball yes. right now. And it's like, if you look at Wisconsin's basketball program right now, and then you get a Michigan offer... Which one do you go with? And I would lean Michigan. And the latest update from the
0: 24-7 site of Wisconsin was fairly skeptical about actually picking up Carton because he was... Uh, the guy said that if he knew where he thought Carton was going to go, he would flip his crystal ball. And then he cited Wisconsin's guard depth as a barrier.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to... You gotta lob in you it's gotta, a soft landing for yeah, the readers there. You gotta let the you gotta let them down easy. Yeah, but uh I looked at that that's I not like, true. <laughs> a top fifty player at any position is getting on the court for Wisconsin next year yeah, he's and not, playing a very big role. He's not looking at Demetric Trace and being like, Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, and yeah, guy dribbles it off his foot so well. And then uh Another guy that they're going after that they've got some traction with, it seems like, on the wing is Jalen Wilson, um, who's six six guy out of Texas. But we, we're not going to get him because his name is Jalen. We never get Jalens. Which is weird because we had the Jalen. Yeah, but... We the, had the Ur-Jalen, really. Yeah, we but, had the guy that everybody named their Jalens after. Uh,
0: Wilson's, uh, DJ Wilson's middle name was Jalen, but with
1: a Y. Yeah. Also, it's a middle name. But, well, by DJ. Michigan football Doesn't did get Jalen Kelly Powell, who has the Y, but was still named after Jalen Rose. Okay, just a little weird. Yeah, but but basketball Jalen's we don't get them. Yeah, and this is a basketball Jalen who has Kansas after him. So we'll <clears> is see. is that? So when I was looking at,
0: at him, he's out of Texas, and then he's like a guy who's got like. An Oklahoma crystal ball and like a couple other kind of like programs. Where I'm like, ah, we can get this kid. There's a
1: very speculative Michigan crystal ball in there now.
0: Yeah, that was not the case uh, when I when I first looked at his profile. But that's kind of like nobody really knows where this kid is going. Um, Michigan's coming off a Final Four appearance. They can obviously sell better NBA draft development than any program in the country. That's true, isn't it? Like if
1: yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking at ratings compared to where guys go in the draft, I, yeah. I don't know if anybody's got. I mean, Villanova's probably the only one, other one that even comes maybe close, and they haven't produced a ton of lottery picks until no. Mikael Bridges this year. Well, they're
0: <coughs> they're about to start producing lottery picks out of three stars. That that too, because uh, the oh dread, the Dread Ginger is also. <laughs> I
1: mean, we may have a slightly higher opinion of the Dread Ginger. No, than most, no,
0: I saw him on a 2019 first round mock draft
1: for on ESPN. So okay, I mean, anybody who can rise and shoot like that. Yeah, he's they, they got a place in the league, probably. The um, dread pirate, DiVincenzo. But anyway, Wilson, uh, he's a guy whose recruitment seems pretty unsettled. He's got a scholarship waiting for him when he comes to Ann Arbor. Yeah, he has an happen. offer, but he doesn't have an offer. It's yeah. one of those things. Yeah, just like as soon as you show up to campus, it'll be official. Um, but he, he's he's an interesting guy in this class. And they
0: threw in their, their hat in the ring for Keon Brooks, who's yeah. out of Fort Wayne. And a, and a true five-star already, top 25 player in the class. And like he's got mostly crystal balls to Michigan State. And I'm like, well, you know, like, if it's, yeah, yeah. the time is, is right for uh, John Beeline to be like, hey, five star, would you like to play more than 20 minutes a game? <laughs> and,
1: and, you know, win the games of Indian State rivalry. And
0: also not be the same player when you leave as when you show up. Yeah. I feel like.
1: Yeah, you should just show on Miles Bridges draft stock. But that's not how John Beeline recruits.
0: Just show him his high school film versus his uh, sophomore year in college film. Just show him the Syracuse game. Just like, oh.
1: (laughs) That'd be the meanest negative recruiting ever. We'd just be like, let's sit down and watch Michigan State-Syracuse. Have you ever heard of Ben Carter? Neither did I until this game. (laughs) He's more of a wing, though. (laughs) So, yeah, it's true. But he'd look at Miles Bridges standing thirty feet away from the basket, just launching balls over a two-three zone, and be like, "That's maybe not how I want to try to get to the league."
0: Yeah. So maybe
1: maybe they'll get at Brooks's attention. I
0: kind of feel like uh, shoe inter- intervention might.
1: Yeah, I mean, that. Th- this is a five-star out of Fort Wayne with a Kentucky offer. All right. Yeah. So, so I think skepticism is probably skepticism a fair way to approach this. Um but I mean it does indicate and Michigan's also got, you know, like another combo guard in state and Rocket Watts, who it seems like Michigan State has had kind of fallen
0: off with, yeah. But uh I, I do I do
1: feel like a, a painful need to have a guy named Rocket on the yeah, team. It's <laughs> Like that's that's a great uh, name. I can we could uh, do a lot with that. Make a lot of MacArthur Park references. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh the other kind of big in state or Romeo Weems seems like a guy who's going to be headed, not in state. Michigan does not seem interested in him. No. They just don't that, care. That so I mean, yeah, so. for whatever reason that that has not been a focus of theirs at all. And yeah, I mean it's it's pretty much the guys we've mentioned right now as the two thousand nineteen targets. Um with Beeline. You can always expect more to emerge as guys start breaking out late in their high school careers. And also as Beeline starts figuring out Roster composition and gets a little more comfortable with the numbers, but yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, Carton seems like the best bet to end up in the class right now. If you had, there to are some Ohio
0: State people who are are pretty confident in
1: their shot there, but um, yeah. and, and they did. I wouldn't have given Ohio State much of a chance of beating Michigan in a recruiting battle for anybody heading into last year, but now, uh, now I would. Well, I mean, they've got got a good coach. Yeah, Uh, I mean, last last year was huge for them for turning around what seemed to be a a very quickly sinking ship.
0: But hopefully they'll be able to capitalize on that final four run.
1: uh, Yes, and and this seems like now they're... I mean, especially once you throw in the FBI stuff, that has seemed to maybe at least kind of shift a little bit of thinking uh, in the recruiting landscape. Uh, And you had a second national championship game appearance. You'd think that'll start translating over.
0: If Carton is going to go play in the Big Ten, like... uh, Where would you want to
1: play? Yeah. Well, and also, unlike the last time that Michigan made a national championship appearance, I mean, Beeline really had to change, like, his whole approach to how he recruited. And I think he was caught off guard Mm. after 2013 with, like, just how to approach recruiting big-time guys. Well,
0: and they also don't have that much room, so they can take some swings. Yeah.
1: So, he can do that now. He's more used to playing with the big boys there and recruiting and navigating that minefield. Um, and also has more of a reputation now as the guy who's going to... I mean, he's proven over and over again that he's going to develop you and get you into the league.
0: Yep, so hopefully that'll they'll pay off in the near future. Uh, hockey. This uh, is all you. Just kidding. <laughs> I put up a post on the site on Friday at like 6 p.m., so if you want hockey information, read it. It's there. You're just really praying that Jack Hughes decides to accelerate, which looks like he's not going to, or or possibly and. Oliver Wallstrom uh, decides that Michigan is where he's going to spend
1: his one-and-done year. That's the guy with the crazy eight-year-old shootout goal, right?
0: Nine-year-old. Okay. Don't oversell it. Sorry. <laughs> but, yes, Oliver Wallstrom scored the sickest uh, shootout goal in the history of uh, midget hockey <laughs> during uh, period breaks.
1: Would take. Would Yeah, take.
0: and he's he's a top-ten pick for this draft. He's uh, actually on Jack Hughes's line with the National Development Program, um, a sniper, uh, a guy who really changes Michigan's outlook if he's uh, – on their top line because he would be on their top line. So hopefully Boston College goes to hell and um, he decides to go with Michigan. Uh, Yeah, but the rest of this class is a little bit unusual for Michigan and a large part of that is the coaching transition. Mm -hmm. So they have two tech decommits who are on defense and one of them may come in. They have Bodie Wild who's a late flip from Harvard. So that's pretty unusual to have a... a Great
1: hockey name too.
0: And... Uh, he is the fifth leading scorer on the U-18s. So that's Jack Hughes' team now and, and Wallstrom's team. Uh, and he's a defenseman. He's got a 12-29-41 uh, line in 55 games, which is pretty bonkers. Yeah, that's
1: nuts for a defenseman.
0: He look He's like a six-foot version of Jack Hughes. Not Jack Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Um, Would take. And Quinn is much better. He's much less mistake-prone. Uh so the the book on Wild is he's a super talented uh, defenseman, but who
1: might explode in any direction.
0: A little bit of a Jack Johnson vibe. Okay. Uh, um, but if Michigan, I mean Michigan, will get him, and if they get Hughes back for a sophomore year, which I think is probable, then they split those guys off across two pairings, and they have an elite puck moving defender on the uh, ice at all times. So. Yeah. That would be really nice, especially after Michigan was susceptible to uh, heavy pressure once Hughes was not on the ice. Yeah, the zone
1: exits should be better if you've yeah. got two of those guys.
0: So he's he's the headliner, and then they have some forwards who look like guys who can contribute, but probably more down the road. The exception to that is Jimmy Lambert, who's 21 already, um, and is one of the top scorers in the BCHL. And one of the uh, ranking sites, the neutral zone, gave him four and a quarter stars. They They break okay. up their star ratings into quarter stars, which they, I like. I think more more places should do that. So that's, that's a really high rating and a guy who should be physically ready uh, next year because um, Michigan is going to need some guys to put the puck in the net. Hmm. Uh, but you're really looking a couple of years down the road when, you know, Billy McCall's and Mel Pearson's extreme aggressiveness towards the OHL and top prospects really starts – paying off as long as those guys actually show up which is a constant concern
1: well and in the interim they made a frozen four so
0: yeah well i mean the nice thing is that even once you get past like the really high-end guys in the 2020 class of which there are still three left you've got guys like josh grohl who's uh currently tearing it up for his uh midget team and is on like the kind of like there's like uh, USA teams that go play Five Nations tournaments in his age group and he's on that mm-hmm. um, so they've, they've picked up a couple of high end guys um, but it's going to be a year or two before those guys start actually showing up and maybe pushing Michigan more towards the talent levels they had during Red since heyday so there's your hockey recruiting update thank you Ace uh, you're welcome very informative yeah as always <laughs>
6: We have a lot in common. You rode the bus to Bursley, so did Larry Page, and so did I. And we all love MGO Blog. I'm Nick Hopwood, your MGO Financial Coach. My entire family went to Michigan State, but I was the smart one finding my way to Ann Arbor to study econ. I've been a financial planner for 17 years, earning the designation Certified Financial Planner, and founded Peak Wealth Management in Plymouth. Oh, you're pretty smart, and you probably have a sweet retirement spreadsheet already. My job is to make sure. As a financial coach, I make sure you're on track, or if you're not on track, I tell you exactly what you're going to need to do. And if you listen, I'll be able to tell you how your future should look, just like the knowledge. And I have cool charts and graphs to tell the story, sort of like the math lead. To learn more or schedule time to chat, check out peakwm.com slash blog. The places
4: you'll go may seem far from Ann Arbor. From San Francisco to St. Louis to Shanghai But as members of the Alumni Association, we're never far. Because Michigan is more than a place. It's a mindset that connects us. For those who leave Michigan, but for whom Michigan never leaves, this is where you belong. The Alumni Association of the University of Michigan. Join today at umalumni.com.
1: Let me just tell you a
2: couple things to keep in your mind while you're out there. When we take the field, we're going to win. We've got big goals. We've got big ideas. We've got to win this game, and there is no game on the remainder of our schedule more important
1: than the one you're going down to the tunnel to play today. Now let's go!
0: Underground Printing is proud to present the Bow Store. Visit us at our new location at 333 South Main or online at www.bow.team. Yeah! In southeastern Michigan, the yearly cost for a nursing home averages $90,000. It doesn't have to, though. Reed McCarthy founded Ann Arbor Elder Law after handling a tricky situation for his own family. Years of experience later, his boutique firm works with clients across southeast Michigan dealing with Medicaid planning, long-term care, and tax, disability, and family law, not to mention family dynamics. If you have a family member who may need that level of care, or if you're ready to start your own estate plan, Reed can give you a plan for the future. Visit Ann Arbor Elder or call 734-945-9693. That's 734-945-9693. mentioned, Charles Matthews enters the draft without an agent. Mo Wagner enters the draft with one. Uh, I think we all expected Mo to go.
1: And Yeah, I mean, was holding on to that pipe dream of another year of Mo and Teske at the five. But, I mean, I, I don't know how, unless... Moe's arms grew longer. How he was going to improve his draft stock from this year, really? Yeah. Um, especially, you know, every year you get older is the a, a year that the NBA grows less interested.
0: And as I mentioned uh, after the Nick Ward incident, I have enough Moe Wagner.
1: Yeah, Moe has uh, he, he has is, left a legacy. Yeah. It is a complete legacy. Um, the only thing that's really missing from it is a national championship, and that's not really something you can ask of any single player. Yeah, um, you know. And we we have...
0: I feel like he completed like, his career.
1: Yeah, like, I, there's going to be a long Mo Wagner retrospective at some point. And uh, it's going to have to get cut down from, I don't know, a lot of words. Because <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time going short on that dude. Well, you could make a whole post just of GIFs. Oh, that might happen, too. <laughs> I think that has to happen. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm still working my way through the NCAA tournament from this year, because... Uh, indelible moments. You know, they, uh, they're real big on pulling video during the tournament, so I didn't want to yeah. dare mess around with that. Well, we had like a credential to risk, uh, but now that we're a couple weeks out, I'm having a lot of fun going through like the Texas A&M game or, you know, John Teske dominating Houston. And,
0: and as I mentioned on the site, I, I feel like Teskey, if Michigan can make up the usage deficit that is inevitable, Teskey is actually an upgrade in everything except having the ball in his hands.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think we're going to see Michigan become more pick and roll reliant next year because, specifically on the roll aspect of it. Well, the pop is not. The I mean, in you know, we might see some shorter pops, and maybe even the occasional three point pop from Texas. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I am skeptical, and I've been pushing that as a thing that might happen. I mean, the free throw rate is kind of it, it's worrisome when you make him shoot a longer shot. Um, but he did have you know the Purdue game happened he did show off a mid range i think um, i think he's that short role is something that i think will be consistently there for yeah um and he's also shown more aggression and finishing too um but the thing that i'm really excited about is his abilities as a screener he sets much more solid screens than Mo Wagner did uh he actually makes body contact instead of just popping right back out to the three point line or slipping the pick um and then he is when he rolls, he's incredibly good at sealing off the defender in the paint um, if the guard tries to drive um, and making it so that the guard does not have to deal with a rim protector. Um And I think that's going to be something that really benefits Xavier Simpson and Jordan Poole next year and yeah. Charles Matthews. The re-screen. Um, yeah. It's just like you get a second kind of unofficial screen where he's basically just boxing a guy out. Yeah. Um And... Saw a fair amount of that as the season went along. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, pool Teskey pick and roll, um, and they started running a little bit of that uh, towards the end of the year, and it, it looked pretty nice. I, I, I mean, mean, not a lot, not a lot, <laughs> but you know, uh, a few possessions that were tantalizing. Well, uh, I mean, he had a couple of important takes to the to the rack. Uh, I think, with Teske on the floor in the Loyola game. Yes. Um, Yeah, because they put Poole on there when they kind of needed a little instant offense, and he immediately had like an aggressive baseline drive to get a bucket and then uh, kept going. And, yeah, I think that was with Teske on the floor, and I think Teske's ability to clear out space helped uh, create some of those shots.
0: I mean, the concern is like, okay, Mo Wagner was a 25% usage center.
1: Yeah, And, and also the guy who allowed Michigan to go five out. Which and, was kind of what confounded teams. I mean, you, you hear every coach in, yeah. in the press conference after the Michigan game was like, that dude is so hard to prepare for. And um, Teske, you, hope, you hope that Teske's going to make up. Teske's not going to, you know, the offensive ceiling is lower, but the defensive ceiling is higher now, which is kind of crazy to consider given where they finished last year. Um, but Teske is a dominant Interior presence already. Yeah. So he has like an elite steal rate. His block rate is going to get better because he impacts a lot of shots that don't end up as blocks. Um, I clipped a play from the Houston game where he uh, dissuaded two different players from trying to get shots off just by being a very large person uh, who was able to be mobile around the paint and then switched back to the first guy who had tried to take a shot. He goes for a pump fake, realizes that Teske is back there again, pulls it back down and travels. It's not a block, but he could have had three of them on that possession. Yeah. Um, so his his block rate was only five point four, which is not. It's good. good, but not elite. It's not really great if you're seven
0: foot one, but you know.
1: But his steal rate is high, and some but, of those are like oh, block type things. Well, when he was on the court versus
0: Wagner, uh, Michigan's two point defense improved by six points.
1: Yes, and that that is that's enormous. That's a huge gap. Yeah. Um, um, so I mean, like opponents by I think if you took the just like the last couple months of the season opponents were shooting like 42% on twos when Teskey was on the floor and that's uh that's an absolutely <sighs> dominant defense uh and so you're going to
0: get a little bit more usage out of him i think he's at 16% this year he might get up to 18,
1: 18. yeah i think that's kind of the target but it'd it, be ideal and and mostly on you know give it to him on the roll and let him dunk yeah and he'll he'll do it he will more putbacks off offensive rebounds, which will be a thing for him because he'll be a bigger presence on those offensive That's boards. That's the
0: other thing, you know. I put up on the site the graph of uh, Teskey's offensive rebound versus steal rate, and it's like just possession generation.
1: Yeah, and uh, he is very good at it.
0: He he's elite. Yeah. Um. So I restricted it to high major six ten plus players, uh, and there were two guys even in the ballpark. Yeah. Uh, and those guys were both six ten. Yeah. Teskey is seven foot one, so he brings a lot more. Uh,
1: shot altering than than those guys generally do so it's uh and tesky's still very much i mean the first half of the season he was still very much figuring out his game yeah. too so
0: so i think a lot comes down to you're gonna love this jordan pool because
1: oh, i love it and i'm excited
0: even though uh abdurrahman really kind of upped his usage right at the end of the season For most of this year, he was still a 16% usage guy.
1: Yeah, and even that usage, it was mostly during the Big Ten tournament, and then it kind of faded off during the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, and then the Maryland game, too. (laughs) Yeah,
1: there was that, where they were just like, please save us. Uh, And uh, Poole is already like 24, 25. And uh, I don't think he'd be shy about raising that if he had to. (laughs) I (laughs) I mean, I don't think they will. Not ideal. They've got enough firepower and enough versatility that they don't need a guy. I mean, you kind of hope it'll end up like how Stauskas was in 2014, where he ends up at like 23, 24 percent usage somewhere around there. He's like at 22. Just, yeah, it might even been yeah a little bit lower, but just like with lethal efficiency. Yeah, I think I
0: think Poole is going to have to carry more burden and take some. Late
1: like, he clock doesn't shots. have a Karis Levert next to him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Matthews will be nice as a guy at the end of the clock, um, and will hopefully develop his shot a little bit more. But but you do kind of want to devolve a little bit of usage
0: from him as well. That's true. Um, so. Gotta give it to the four, and then that's kind of like, well, is Livers going to be that guy? Probably not. Is Iggy going to be that guy?
1: Possibly. Uh, I mean, yeah, probably. He looked pretty. He looked pretty good in that U.S. versus World game. Yeah, he's very aggressive. Uh, yeah, he he's not afraid to uh take it to the basket against Bowl Bowl. <laughs> poke that guy in the eye. You know, the yeah, whatever, whatever it takes. Because Bowl Bowl was blocking everything else, so you uh, better poke that guy in the eye if you're going to the basket. But you know he looked aggressive. Um, he looked like he'll be a guy who will be immediately able to, at the very least, attack the basket consistently off the dribble and and finish around the rim too. Right. And, and then the thing that we got to wait on is uh, how's his three point shot going to look and how's the defense going to look.
0: You know that that U M Hoops post where they they split out his off the dribble threes from his catch and shoot threes. That was really promising.
1: Yeah, if you just have him as a catch and shoot guy, then all of a sudden you're looking at somebody who may be able to put up like 40% as a freshman.
0: Especially because uh, his
1: best uh, areas
0: were the corners.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, he's a corner guy. He's a tall guy, so it's tough to get out there and contest that shot clean. So, like, even if he's uh, if he just cuts out the
0: uh, I'm, I'm a 35% usage guy on a high school team stuff. Yeah. Like, I think he can be very
1: effective as soon as this year, especially because he's an older guy. Yeah, I'm expecting him to be kind of. Uh, the, the dude who sort of replaces Robinson as the offense off the bench and maybe even the guy who plays who isn 't the starter but plays like twenty five to thirty minutes at the four yeah that 's
0: what because he 's also probably going to get the backup
1: minutes at the three right so yeah i mean that's that's it'll be interesting to see because it 's possible also that Brandon johns ends up being a better fit at the four um he's,
0: he's definitely a more like i think he's
1: a natural fit yeah, he's got he's left handed which i mean I know it sounds silly but with you know the The three usually is on the left side of the court, and you want a right-handed player on that one, so we can drive middle naturally. Yeah, flip it for the four. He's he's got a left-handed guy, the second best athlete on the
0: team behind Matthews.
1: Yeah, um, like he's 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 a finisher. He's an above the rim player. Yeah, and if he's got and he's got some shooting potential, where you hope that he can at least be like in the thirty-three to thirty-five percent range as a corner three spot-up guy. He's yeah, he's got potential. There's there's some potential, and then. he, he might be a better fit than Iggy defensively. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, then you wonder maybe if Johns is more the backup four and Iggy gets shifted to those more minutes of the three and maybe even the two, um, which could get interesting. I mean, uh, like They could more slide know. a guy down. I mean, they, they can run out some crazy lineups. Next yeah,
0: they've got a lot of flexibility. It, um, it'll depend on, like, is Nunez ready to, to play right now? Yeah. Um, like, how much playing time does DeJulius demand immediately? is Eli Brooks a guy that
1: you need to get on the court?
0: Right. There's, um, it could go a lot of different ways because Michigan has, I think, more depth than they've ever had before under B-line where it's just like, you know, any of these guys could see the court, and I'd be like, all right, yeah, that makes some... That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, they go, like, I'd say 11 deep with guys I'd be at least somewhat comfortable having out there because you got anyone in the freshman class other than Castleton, and, and by the end of the season, I think we'll probably be pretty comfortable with Castleton. Um but it'll be one of those. will be like most first year, uh, where the, the he, late late emergence after uh, some tantalizing moments early on. Except
0: when he comes on the court and like hits a three and plays some good defense, you aren't going to be like,
1: why is why is, why
0: are they playing instead of this guy? Yeah, this it the,
1: won't be as infuriated because he won't be behind Ricky Doyle and Mark Donnell. Yeah. Um. But uh, you've got you know Austin Davis should be a solid backup center. Yeah. You got probably Johns and Iggy. No idea be, really. Being able to back up the four and the three. Got Nunez backing up the two. You got DeJulius and Brooks at the one. Nunez can back up the three too. He's got that size. Yeah. Um. So you there's Stake just a defense. there's a lot of depth. If they miss on one of these freshmen, they've got pieces to be able to cover for it. Yep. Um. Gonna be good. Just need to be able to like figure out how to rotate the guys through so that they have enough shooting on the floor. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they become even more of a like defense first. Team, it'll be like because with I mean with Teskey at center, that's kind of the direction that it's it's gonna head a little bit. Yeah, naturally, I, can, I kind of feel like. But do but is this gonna be a Michigan team that like competes for the best defense in the country at that point? Because uh, I, so I kind it might of, be on the
0: table. I kind of feel like you want to split Teskey's minutes away from Simpsons, which is weird because they should both be starters. But like, if, see, I think if David DeJulius is gonna be on the court, I want him to be on the court when he's got better backup like that's fair and i also want him to be on the court when tesky's out there well i mean i guess you don't
1: man i just like simpson and tesky is such an amazing pick and roll defense duo i mean like getting those like i want to see both those guys on the floor and then i think tesky actually helps mitigate some simpson's issues because he helps get simpson to the rim instead of having I, Simpson be a shooter. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. You, yeah. You can I mean, see there's it. a lot of, like, I could see the offense kind of bogging down in a yeah. way that's like, like, we're relying way more on Jordan Poole than we really, yeah. it, than is ideal. Uh, I could also see the pick and roll really opening up a lot, especially if Teske gets, even just a consistent mid-range game going. Well, and then
0: Michigan will have flexibility. So if it, the offense is bogged down and they need to, like, go get some points, they're like, all right, well, We'll move to a more offensive-oriented lineup. Yeah, if they're playing Texas A&M, that decides that they're just not going to cover the three-point line, well, they can, they can put
1: DeJulius Julius out there and they can put Nunez out there instead of Matthews. They, like, yeah, you can you have some guys who you can use as designated gunners. Yeah,
0: if you have a thirty percent usage point guard, well, then Xavier Simpson can play against that guy the whole team. So yeah, they'll they'll have a lot of options.
1: Yeah, there will be serious lineup flexibility, and then so I, yeah, I mean. This, is, this was supposed to be... I mean, unfortunately, Wagner left, so it, I don't know if you can put Final Four expectations on this team again. It's,
0: it still feels like this is the the start of like a good, solid three,
1: maybe four-year run where Michigan is... In the conversation every year. It is, is a top-ten team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially, I mean, what Joklitsch did in his first year with that defense, and now all of a sudden, you've got oh, Teske playing We're going to stop
0: talking about him. Uh, We've talked about him so much that... I am afraid he's going to leave and get hired. So no more Yachtlitz talk. That's fair.
1: That's fair. No Um, more. So Michigan's defense, for some
0: reason, improved tremendously last year. John Beeline.
1: Um, you know, Beeline really uh, put in some work over the off season. totally changed his approach. Um, Got no help from anyone. Some of it was left over from Billy Donlin who left already, so oh, that's, fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and, uh, you know, we can see those somewhat inexplicable gains hold next yeah. year, maybe. So it, Michigan
0: should be, again, a team that is one of the best in the country, which is a nice thing to say. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Goodbye.
1: Thank you for listening to the MGO podcast. I am Ace Ambender along with Brian Cook. Like the Spring Game, this no longer exists.
5: Who's got it better than us? Nobody!